We are in Sefer Melachim Aleph, Perik Ches, Pasuk Aleph, Oz Yikahel Shlomo Ezikne Yisrael. Finally, the dedication, the long-awaited dedication of the Beis Hamikdash. But before, let's just flash back so we set the scene. Some 70 or 80 years before, the Aaron Bris HaKodesh, the Ark of the Covenant that stood in the Mishkan, was in the Mishkan at Shiloh at the time, but went out to war against the Philistines. It was carried out, and the Philistines captured the Aaron. It was a national calamity. Um, Eli, the Kohen Gadol, dies of shock. The nation is in mourning. And the Philistines take it for a period of seven months to Philistines' territory. And it is kind of bumped around from Ashto to Gas to Ekron because in each city, disaster strikes the Philistines that it's in. There is a uh, national plague of, of hemorrhoids, as strange as it sounds, but that's what it was. It's even something that sounds a lot like the bubonic plague, a terrible infestation that kills thousands and thousands of people. Even when they put it in the um, temple of Dagon, the Philistine god, the next morning the statue of Dagon is lying there in pieces in front of the Arab. So the Plishtim are delighted to get it out of their country, so much so that they put it on a wagon with a donkey, with gold that they're giving back in recompense to the Israelites, and they send it driverless on its way, trusting in a miracle that it will get to Eretz Yisrael, which it does. It comes to the town, the first town on the border, Beit Shemesh. Beit Shemesh is delighted to have the Aaron back, but for some reason, they treat it with what was thought of to be a disrespectfully. They gaze at it, they touch it, and therefore there is another plague where thousands die. And so from Beit Shemesh, they get it out of there as fast as they can to Beis Yarim, a nearby town, where it stays at the home of Abinadav on a hilltop, and Abinadav guards it zealously. Then, after a period, David, David HaMelech decides he wants to bring that Aaron back to Yerushalayim, and so what he does is he collects it from the house of Abinadav, and the trip back, which starts out joyously and celebratory, turns into a disaster when um, one person, in order to steady it, it looks like it's gonna fall at one point, the arrow touches it and dies on the spot. David then realizes this isn't Ritzon HaShemayim, that it now go to Yerushalayim, and they leave it at the house of a man named Obed Edom on the way to Yerushalayim, where it stays for three months, David then learns that this man, Obed Adam, has prospered in that three months immensely. His wealth has exponentially increased, his children have increased, etc., and decides this is the time to bring it back. 
and he brings it back in celebration into a specially constructed tent for the ark in Jerusalem in the Ir David. And now it is time to move the Aaron. So we begin with Perakhes. Oz Yikahel Shlomo Esikne Yisrael Eskol Roshe Hamatos Nisieho Avot Livne Yisrael El Hamelech Shlomo Yerushalayim Uhalos Es Aaron Bris Hashem Meir David Hitzion. So now everyone is summoned by Shlomo. So rather Shlomo summons the Zikne Yisrael, the elders, the heads of all the tribes. The Nesiyah, the Nesiyah of all the tribes of Israel, summons them to him to Yerushalayim to bring up the Aaron Bris Hashem from the city of David. That's where David built a special tent for Zion is another name for the Zion. Nor is this invitation list casually drawn up. The Gemara says you couldn't dedicate the temple. You couldn't be Machane Chabayis without the presence of the Zikne Yisrael, the Sanhedrin, the Roshe Hamatos, the Siam. It would not be a valid dedication. So they are a must on the guest list. But what takes Shlomo and everyone else by surprise is a spontaneous um, gathering of all the people who want to be part of this. So Pasuk Beis, Vayikalu el HaMelech Shlomo Kolish Yisrael B'yerech Eitanim, they gather in the month of the Eitanim, Bachagu HaChodesh Hashri, it is the seventh month, Bachagu means Sukkot, it is the month of Sukkot. Everybody wants to be there. As I said, it's totally spontaneous, and Shlomo obviously is delighted to have this because as it says, uh, they gathered to him. He, once he sees it's inevitable, he invites them all. Let's talk about the timing. We know that the Mishkan was finished in Cheshvan. And so now this is 11 months later. Why the delay? Mephoshim say he closed it, he padlocked it. This, of course, say the Mephoshim set off a series of rumors, most perniciously, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu wasn't coming to the Resti Shechina in this Beis Hamikdash because Shlomo was the son of Bathsheba. They are still on this Bathsheba thing. And moreover, the Kaddish Baruch Hu was elected not to rest his Shechina there. But that's not the reason at all. Shlomo, under divine guidance, has held it 11 months to the month of Eitanim. Month of Eitanim is what we would call Tishrei, where Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. occur. Um, and the reason Eitanim means mighty, Eitan is mighty, and the reason Eitan is picked is for many reasons. For one, just the sheer multiplicity of Chagim that occur there, the, the mighty months of, of, of uh, days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, followed by Sukkot. Two, a tonim refer to the Avos. It is a medrash that all three of the Avos were born in the month of Eitan. Moreover, Eitan is the month of the harvest. 
the energy of the harvest, etc., of the new fruit, of the new uh, produce, the land regenerating itself makes it a ton. Moreover, at that time, Aton was considered, Tishrei was considered uh, the first month of the year. It was Rosh Hashanah. Also, we have a tradition that the world was invented. Priyasa Olam was invented in the month of Aton. So there are lots of reasons that Shlomo has waited until this day. So, Where does the idea that there was rumors that... Um that Shlomo wasn't, you know... The delay. The sheer, what was he delaying but, 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 11 months? We, how do we know that they were people thinking, oh, he's the son of Bacheva? So. Oh, I'm a fortune. Okay. It's clear. Clear as day. In other words, why would he delay 11 months? Why would he padlock it? Um, it's finished. And yet, he waited 11 months under the divine guidance. And yes, it gave spawns rumors that it was not the Sheena wasn't there. Everyone gathers by And so everyone comes and the Kohanim carry the Aram. Question. Doesn't it the job wasn't it the job of the Levian to carry the Aram? We know the family of Kahas were Levian. And there is a big machlokas between Rambam and Rambam as to who is really supposed to be carrying the arrow. Rambam, Maimonides, says it's the Kohanim. So then why did the Levium carry it in the desert? Simply, says Rambam, there weren't enough Kohanim at the time. All you had was Aaron and his sons. As the Kohanim grew, that function of carrying the arrow fell back to the Kohanim where it belonged. Ramban says, no, it is the Levium that carry it. The Levium's job is to carry it. So why was here was it carried? Because remember, the Aaron proceeds to the Kodesh Kedoshim. Only a Kohen can go to the Kodesh Kedoshim. Levium couldn't go. Some compromise and say both, well, by necessity, the Kohanim carry it in to a certain point in the temple. The, I'm sorry, the Levium carry it, and the Kohanim take it from there. There is a Gemara that kind of puts this in, in uh, perspective. It is in Daf Lamed Gimel in Sota, and let me read it to you. Rabbi Yossi Omer, B'shlosha Makomos Nosu Kohanim. As our own. Three instances in the Torah where the Kohanim carry the Aram. One, Kishavu is Hayardin. We remember that when Yeshua crosses the Yardin. Two, Kishavu es Yericho. When they encircle Yericho over seven times, it's the Kohanim that carry the Aram. And finally, Ukishavu Libkomo. When it returns to its place, in the base Hamikdash. So in other words, those are the three times which would seem to give support to Ramban, that other than that, it's the Levium that carried. So that would be the basis of the Machokas. Here it is shared, shared because the end destination is in fact the Kodesh Kedoshim, where only the Kohanim 
can go. So that would put that debate to rest. It says both of them. So now they bring the Aaron up, they bring it with Ohel Moed, all the Kli Kodesh of the Mishkan, all the people of Israel, all the Nesim, the Sanhedrin, Kohanim, with him, Hanodim Mizabrim Tzon, Uvakar, they sacrifice cattle and sheep, Asher lo Yisparu, Manu Meiro. You cannot count them, the sheer numbers, because of the tremendous amount of sacrifices made and of the people that sacrificed them. See, Kohanim bring the Aaron bris to its place. El Javir Habayas to the Javir, which is the same El Kodesh Hakodashim, Al Tachas Kampe Hakruvim, under the wings of the Kruvim. This is the second pair of Kruvim that Shlomo makes that are standing. Its wing spread is Ava covers the Aaron. So the Aaron fits neatly under those massive wings of the Kruvim. He had Kruvim, Parshim, Kenafayim, and Makom Ha'aron, but yet we saw in the Mishkan, the Kruvim are next to the place of the Aaron, but Yosuhu HaKruvim Ha'aron Ve'la'bodzav Mimalo. The Aaron we saw are carried by these poles that are called Badim. The truth is you never take these bodim out. They are used to carry it. It is symbolic that you never take the that which supports the Torah, uh, proven being the support. The, I'm sorry, the Aaron being the Torah, the bodim being the support. So what happens in the Mishkan? Because you don't take out those bodim, they extend. Read Pesaches by Yarichu. Abadim by Yero Roshei Abadim in Hakodesh Al Penei Hadzvir They protrude. You don't see them past the paroches, past the curtain, but they do protrude the Abadim by Yisham Ad Hayom Hazeh, and they are here till this day. So first, the Abadim stick out, and in fact, they will stick out even in the um, second. I'm sorry, the first base on Mikdash, even though it's twice the size, because they move the arrow. And it is tremendously metaphorical. The Badim extending through the curtains where you can just see them, but you can't see the actual Badim, you see the protrusion, is reminiscent or metaphorical for a woman's breasts, as it were. And that these breasts are what nurtures and sustains and feeds the children of Israel. And that is what, in fact, the Badim does. Now the part that they are there, Ad Yom Hazeh, what do they mean? They mean they send into the first temple, There is a belief that before the destruction of the first temple, King Yoshio takes the Aaron from 
the Kodesh Kedashim and brings it down into a subterranean network of tunnels where it is hidden. Incidentally, never discovered to this day. Archaeologists haven't been able to discover. People haven't been able to discover. They're not there. And it is fascinating to see as proof that they were hidden. If you ever saw or see a picture of the Arch of Titus in Rome, which celebrates the victory over Israel in Bayacheni, it shows in the stone frieze them carrying the menorah, the shofan, the kalim, but not carrying the aron. The aron isn't represented when you think that would be the biggest prize of all, but no, it doesn't appear, which sustains the theory that the aron is hidden to this day. There is nothing in that art except the luchos, which Moshe got at Sinai when the covenant was made with Israel and God, but when they left Egypt. Very good. There's a big problem. Not only that, but tradition has it, that the broken luchos are there. The broken luchos are there. Um, Aaron's staff is supposed to be in there. As you say, a jar of mun is supposed to be there. And even the Torah scroll that Moshe wrote in his last days, he wrote a complete Sefer Torah, and that's supposed to be in there. Let me read to you the Pesach from Vayelech in Devarim. Vayitzav Moshe es ha-Leviyim nosei Aaron bris Hashem le-mar. Here the Leviyim are referred to as the nosei Aaron. Lakach es Sefer ha-Torah hazeh. Take the Sefer Torah, the Samtim es mitzad ha-Aaron bris Hashem elohechem. Put it in the iron. V'hinei shom ba le'ed. It shall be a witness to you. So there is substantial support for the proposition that the luchos, the broken luchos, the Torah, the staff of Aaron that blossom uh, almonds and flowers, and a jar of mun are all in there. So some say it was a second Aaron that they were in. Uh, but most say that yes, they are there, but again, when that Aaron was taken away, it was a Geniza. And as proof from the text itself, the Mephorshim says, Ein ba'aron rak shnei luchos. It's a double negative. When you have Ein and rak, when you have a double negative, it means there were other things in there, specifically those things. By Hashem. The cloud fills the Gosh So if you ever need a sign that this is what would happen, the Mishnah describes also the Anan comes out, it was so great that the Kohanim couldn't even go in there. And that's what happens now. And once the people see the Anan, they know this is the real thing. The, the, the Shina is now Shruya in the Beis Hamikdash. They, they, there is no more of a sin, as we learned yesterday, with David. And so now, 
says, That's exactly what happens in the Mishkan when it was built. That the Anon, the Kohanim, couldn't even go near there. So the dedication is off to a magnificent start. The Aaron is back in its place. All is forgiven for the sin of Bathsheba. The people rejoice as it won, and now it is time for Shlomo to now speak to the people, offering not only his tefillah, but his vision of the future, Monday morning in Mir Hashem at 8.45.